Open your Bibles this morning to Galatians chapter 6, Seizing Divine Opportunities. Now, I didn't get very far in the first service, so it's probably going to be a couple of weeks. How many of you believe in God with me today? In Galatians 6, verse 6 through 10, let him that is taught in the word, and that's us, communicate unto them that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Is it a good thing to sow to the flesh? No. no. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap what? Life everlasting. Is that a good thing? Verse 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap. In due season you shall reap. In due season I shall reap. Under the condition that I do not allow myself to become faint. So if I'm not going to become faint... That means I must spend ample time in the presence of God waiting upon the Lord so that my strength can be renewed. So that I am strong enough to put the sickle in when my harvest time has come. Amen? This is not for the faint-hearted. This is for those that are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 10. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them that are of the household of faith. Now I want you to pay particular attention to that word opportunity. Opportunity. The Young's Literal Translation says, Therefore then, as we have opportunity, may we work the good to all, and especially unto those of the household of the faith. Now, in defining opportunity, Strong says that opportunity is a fixed season. It is a definite period. It is an appropriate or favorable time or occasion. Webster's defines opportunity as an amount of time when something can be done. Now this tells me that opportunities do not last forever. Windows of opportunity open, but windows of opportunity also close if they're not seized at the right time. Amen? Now notice this with me. As we therefore have opportunity. I believe that our good, good father has so many glorious divine opportunities for his people. I mean, I'm talking about doors of promotion, doors of employment, doors of service. 
and doors of utterance to where once people were closed to hearing the gospel, but when God opens the door and you're there, you need to seize the opportunity to speak a word in season as that heart is open. Everyone shout opportunities are opening for me. I believe that God is causing doors that were once closed to be opened. Open hearts, open jobs, open opportunities, open supernatural hookups and divine connections. During this mini-series, we're going to look at three phrases. Windows of light. How many of you know God is light? And God who is light has light for you and me to see. You cannot see in the dark. You can only see in the light. And as you spend time in the word of God, the entrance of his word gives you light. How many of you have ever just read a scripture that perhaps you were in the dark about, but all of a sudden the lights came on? And you said, I see it, I see it, and now I'm going to seize it. Windows, windows, windows of light. And doors of opportunities. Once you get light from God, he will oftentimes open up a door which gives you access to walk in the light that you've seen. You know, there's a scripture in the book of Psalms that says, in his light, we see light. When you walk in the light as he is in the light, when you walk with him and you walk with his word and you live your life for him, you can expect the light of God to shine upon your paths. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then streams of provision. You see, God's got more than one channel. (laughs) Hallelujah. He's the God of multiple channels. He's the God of multiple streams. And for his people who will walk in the light and step through the door, he's got some streams of provision coming your way. Say it with me, streams Streams of provision provision are coming my way. God may show you how to make a million dollars. He may give you the light and then open up the door. Is that not a stream of provision? See, we don't want to limit God because God is not limited. He's not limited to what we know. He's not limited to what we can do. He is El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. Amen. So look with me at Ephesians chapter 5. And notice with me in verse 14. Ephesians the 5th chapter and the 14th verse. Say it with me. He's enabling me to walk in the light. And to take advantage of the doors that he opens. 
Now, to walk in the light, you can't be asleep. In verse 14, it says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Did you know that it's possible to be born again and yet be asleep? I'm not talking about being dead spiritually, but a person that is born again, who just whiles away their time, eating chips and eating popcorn and watching seven, eight hours of television a day, spending all their time golfing, playing shuffleboard and shopping. A person like that whose priorities are out of whack will not even be able to see the light even when the light is flashing their way because they're asleep. I'm a deep sleeper. If you put a dead person next to me and me on the other side, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Well, I believe the world should be able... Come on. I believe the world ought to be able to tell the difference between those that are spiritually dead and those that are spiritually alive. You don't want to go through this life as a Christian missing your opportunities because there's so much darkness and so much sleep happening in your life. Somebody say amen. Amen. I believe with all of my heart, I know it, I believe this is the greatest harvest time that this world has experienced thus far. Now, if you went by NBC, ABC, CNN, MSNBC, and all of those worldly channels, you would think that there's nothing good happening in the world. Am I right or am I right? They are not reporting to you the revival that is happening in Brazil. That's right. They're not reporting to you that a revival that is happening and has been happening in the nation of Africa. They're not reporting that. All the reporting is ISIS. All the reporting is Boko Haram. All the reporting is the bad news. But thank God we've got the good news. And the good news is the gospel is going forth and people by the millions are coming into the kingdom of God. People by the millions. Now we have not seen it to the degree that we're going to see it in America. But you mark my words by the grace of God. We shall see a great harvest. We shall see the glory of the Lord. We shall see the goodness of God in the land of the living. It's harvest time. And not only is it harvest time for people to come out of darkness. And come into the kingdom of God. But it's your harvest time. It's time for you to reap the rewards of service to God. Now notice in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 5, and we're going to look at this from the amplified version of Proverbs 10 verse 5. The scripture says we should not be asleep during harvest. In Proverbs 10 5 it says, He who gathers in summer is a wise son. But he who sleeps in harvest 
is a son who causes shame. He who gathers during summer and takes advantage of his opportunities is a son who acts wisely. But he who sleeps during harvest and ignores the moment of opportunity is a son who acts shamefully. Missed opportunities brings regret. There are people by the millions that have had the opportunity to be born again. And they've said to themselves, well, I may get saved tomorrow. But unfortunately, tomorrow never comes for many of them. My Bible says that today is the salvation day of salvation, not tomorrow. Missed opportunities bring regret. And you'll notice in your life that you'll have several opportunities come your way. And sometimes they'll come at the same time. How many of you have ever had a multiple opportunity for a job? Several of you have. How many of you have ever had a multiple opportunity? You were out looking for an apartment or looking for a house and you just had this choice to make and that choice to make. Let me see your hands. There's all sorts of opportunities out there. Opportunities for employment. How many of you have ever had opportunities to marry this person or that person? How many you wish you had? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> All sorts of opportunities that you and I are afforded. Amen? And to choose the right opportunity, we must make sure that we're being led by the Holy Ghost. You see, the Spirit of Truth lives in you, and He will lead you and guide you into all the truth. He knows what the truth is for your life, He knows where you should live. He knows where you should work. He knows where you should invest, where you shouldn't invest. He knows where you should go to church and where you shouldn't go to church. But for you to know it, you can't be asleep. For you to know it, you can't walk in darkness. You can't walk in confusion. My God and your God is not the author of confusion. So some of you need to stop saying, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what to do. I am so confused. I just don't know what to do. How's that working for you? You can have what you believe and you can have what you say. And if you believe and say long enough that you're confused, you'll walk in confusion every day of your life. It's a whole lot easier to say, I'm always in the right place at the right time. God is leading me by his spirit every day. I believe it. I declare it. And I have what I say. I'm walking in the light as he is in the light. The spirit of God is leading me down the right paths. Amen. Now that was for somebody. I don't know who it's for. But you know, I've caught myself 
from time to time saying, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. You can about imagine being a pastor of a church this size that you have multiple decisions to make. I mean multiple. And sometimes in the same day. And if you allow those things to overwhelm you and start saying, well, I just don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm so confused. I don't know what I'm going to do. Guess what? You don't know what you're going to do. And then sometimes you'll have to go by your best guess. And the Bible does not say as many as are led by guesses. The Bible says as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now you don't mind if I take a little side journey, do you? Don't let anyone or anything or any circumstance ever pressure you into making a decision before you've prayed. Yeah, but we got a deadline. We'll let the line go dead. Better the line go dead than the decision be dead. We want to make the right decisions. Amen? And then on the other hand, don't procrastinate and put your decisions off till the last minute. Amen? God has given us ample opportunity and ample time to be waiting on him and to be fellowshipping with him so that we know exactly what we ought to do. That's good. Amen. Amen. I can remember back in 1976, once I had been delivered from drug addiction, I had lived in this little city of Wilmer, Minnesota, and I had, uh, you know, Plans on going down to Rama Bible Training Center to go to Bible college and to study for ministry and then go into full-time ministry. That's what my spirit, that's what my heart was saying. Well, there was a, a group of people that saw in me great potential. How many of you know you can see greatness when you see it? <laughs> it's not because of me, it's because of the greater one. Anybody, anybody sees greatness in you, you make sure you give God all the glory. It's because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He's the one that gives you the potential. Anyway, they saw something in me that they said, well, he would make an excellent counselor for chemical dependency. And they tried to encourage me to put my decision off. To go to Bible school, give it a year. You know, they thought maybe the drugs were still affecting my mind. (laughs) You know, people don't really understand a person that just gets off drugs and gets saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And gets on fire for God. They thought maybe, well, you know, give it a year. And why don't you go to this chemical dependency training center? Why don't you go to a college and you can do that for the rest of your life? I thank them. And here was this opportunity, the opportunity to go that way or the, the opportunity to stay in that area or the opportunity to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Well, I made the decision not to stay, but to go. And I've often thought, what if I had made the decision to stay? I may not be standing here in front of you today, and I surely wouldn't be married to Brenda Raylene Edwards. 
It was a window of light and a door of opportunity that would have closed in less than a year had not I made the right choice. Friends, we should be very serious about the choices and the opportunities that come before us. It can impact and it can affect the rest of your life and it can impact and affect people around you for generations. That's true. Amen. 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 Should I move or should I stay? Should I take this job that pays more money out in Tracy and I can get a cheaper home? Or should I stay in the Bay Area where my church has been for the last 30 years? I can't tell you what to do, but I can advise you to make sure that you're led by the Spirit of God. I know of people that have made wrong decisions and wrong choices and moved out of the area. Understand, this is not a cult. You're free to come and go when you want. You understand that? My name is not James R. Jones. My name is Mark F. Thomas. Thank you very much. But I know people that are divorced today. I know people that are not in church today. I know of people whose lives are shipwrecked because they took the wrong opportunity. How are you going to know? How are you going to know? Thank God you have an unction from the Holy One. And you can know all things. You can know what you need to do. Somebody shout amen. Amen. So I don't want to be sleeping to God prearranged opportunities. Somebody says, Pastor Mark, well, I'm 80 years old. Are my, are my days of opportunities over with? Are you kidding? You're just getting started, brother. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You're just Caleb and Joshua. They were held back for 40 years for going into the promised land. One day they're sitting around the campfire and say, you remember the, the, the blessing that God said we can go in and take the land? I want you to know I'm 40 years older, but I'm going to go up and I'm going to take it and I'm going to possess it at once. Listen, never ever think that life is over for you just because you're a little older. I said, never, ever think that there are not more opportunities coming your way because we serve a good God. And this came up in my spirit. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, I've missed so many opportunities. I've messed up. I've missed it. And I really, really feel bad about it. I believe that the Lord is saying to you today that you need to let that go and that you need to let the past go because the past is behind you. And for those things that you have missed and those things that you have messed up, we serve a God that can take our messes and turn it into a glorious message. Amen. Hey. Don't think just because you've missed it, God's not done, God's done with you. 
I prophesy to you today by the word of the Lord, he that began a good work in you is going to perform it. He's going to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. If you receive it, say, I receive it. Now back to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14. Man, this thing just keeps growing on me. You're believing with me, aren't you? Thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts today. Ephesians, the fifth chapter, the 15th verse says this. See then that you walk, how? Can you pronounce that word? See then that you walk circumspectly. Circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. Is there a difference between a fool and a wise person? You better believe there is. You look at the book of Proverbs, you do not want to be a fool. And in order for us not to be foolish, we must be wise, but also there's a certain way to walk, and that walk is circumspectly. So he says, well, what does that word mean? I'm glad you asked. Circumspectly means to walk exactly. It means to walk accurately. And it means to walk diligently. When you and I are walking exactly and accurately and diligently, we must first have received clarity from the light that God gives. It's foolish to sleep through divine opportunities. It's foolish to procrastinate. In verse 16 of Ephesians 5, it says this, redeeming the time. Everyone say redeeming. Redeeming Redeeming the time. Why, pastor? Because the days are evil. Now, here's what a wise man or a wise woman does. And this is what I'm doing in my life right now. Wisdom looks ahead and asks itself, is this the best use of my time? Is this the best use of my energy? Is this the best use of my resources? Redeeming the time has to do with not wasting time. The word redeeming there means to buy up, to ransom, and even to rescue from loss. Will God restore to you the years that the enemy has robbed from you? Yes, yes, And yes, he will. If you make the quality decision, I'm going to walk in wisdom from this day forward. I'm going to use my time, my talents, my energy. I'm all in for God. And I'm trusting him to turn things around for me. Redeeming the time. Buying up the opportunities. Amen. You know, you've heard... People say, well, we need to teach our children the value of a dollar. And I believe we do. 
But more importantly, we need to teach our children the value of a day. The value of a day. The more valuable, this is worth your drive here today. The more valuable your time becomes for him and for his things, the more he will redeem the time for you. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. I don't know how he does it, but he can multiply time in a 24-hour period where you get more done, glory to God, than you ever thought possible. Why? Because you're all in for him. You're seeking first the kingdom of God, his way of being and doing right. And he's redeeming the time. He's putting people around to help you. He's giving you the opportunities, hallelujah, that you've only dreamed of. Amen. Ephesians 5.16 in the Amplified says this. Making the very most of your time. Making the very most of your opportunities. Buying up each opportunity. Because the days are evil. The Jewish translation says this. Use your time well. For these days are evil. The easy to read says... I mean that you should use every opportunity you have for doing good because these are evil times. Opportunities. I think sometimes church people take community and church life for granted. I think sometimes it's so easy to go through the motions. Well, today's Sunday... We'll go to church and we'll praise God and praise the Lord. We'll hear a good word, hopefully, from Pastor Mark. (laughs) And then we'll go to Sizzler or Olive Garden and we shall gorge ourselves. (laughs) Or we will go to In-N-Out Burger, (laughs) that new French burger joint. And we'll eat and eat and eat until we're satisfied. Then we'll go home and sleep four or five hours. Won't come to church Sunday night. Are you kidding me? I mean, what's up with that? No churches in the Bay Area have Sunday night service. We do here. And we have the presence of God. And we have the glory of God. And we have God's will done in this place. Now, I'm not knocking anybody. I realize that it's easy to get into a rut. Working nine to five. Hey, there was a movie like that. Coming home, opening up a new bag of Lay's potato chips. Watching four or five hours of TV. Your days are slipping by. Your days are slipping by. If we walk in darkness and live in confusion and live as those those that are asleep, time will slip through our fingers like sand. And we'll come to the end. Time's slipping by. I'm 67 years old in November. I don't know how many years I've got left. I'm planning on living to at least 90. But that's not very far off. 
That's just a few weeks. Somebody says, well, I'm 30. I got you. Well, so you got a few more weeks. You ain't all that with your bag of chips. How many, how many folks over 50 here? Raise your hand. How many folks over 60? Raise your hand. How many folks over 70? Raise your hand. How many folks over 80? Raise your hand. How many folks in your 30s? Raise your hand. Now, you older folks that are over 50, tell them. <laughs> tell them. Time is slipping by like white lines on the Audubon. It's going fast. I mean, the motor is running. God is on the move. On the move. Hallelujah. But will you move with God or will you come to the end of your days and say, oh, it's over. I'm about to breathe my last breath. Oh, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have served in the church. I wish I would have spent more time with my kids. I wish I would have told my wife that I love her more. Lord, teach us to number our days. Mm. I've had people that I've afforded opportunity here to come close to Brenda and I. And because they weren't aware of where they were and the opportunity that was being afforded to them, they just took it nonchalantly. Not here anymore. Not serving anymore. Barely in church anymore. Somebody says, well, Pastor Mark, you think you're that big of a deal? No, but I think God is. And the local church, my brothers and sisters, it is the hope of the world. And to have a place in the local church, whether you're sweeping the floor or cleaning the toilets are serving as an usher the same rewards that come to Brenda and I, PT and Kimberly will come to you because we are all part together. Oh, come on, somebody. Don't devalue the local church. I'm not talking about devaluing Brenda and I. Don't devalue your day of opportunity. Opportunities come and opportunities go. I would rather miss God. I would rather miss God than to just play it safe all the time. Come on. 
because I desire so much to see what's on the other side of that opportunity that has been seized. Opportunity to buy this church was a window for us. It was a window. And it was a window that was closing quickly. Somebody says, how did you know to take the opportunity to buy the church or not before you had approval from the city? How did you know? The only way that you can know is by the Holy Spirit. And by the grace of God, we seize the opportunity. And we have a beautiful place to worship in. God's dealing with us today. Do you sense that in the house? It's a good thing. God is speaking to hearts. Here's this word of the Lord. If you're going to do it, you better get to it. If you're going to do it, you better get to it. Oh, I hear the choir. The organ just teamed up. Now, this is a holy time. Because we have to go before the Lord. And we'll have to answer to Him for what we've done in the flesh down here. We'll have to go before the Lord. And we will either hear well done or undone. But I know you. And I'm persuaded this, of this bunch that we're going to hear well done. Come on, can I get a better amen than that? I'm persuaded of this bunch that we're going to hear well done. Hallelujah. Stick with me just a few more moments. Look at Colossians chapter 4 and verse 5. Say, basically saying the same thing. Walk in wisdom to them that are without redeeming the time. The opposite of redeeming the time is losing the time. Time is precious. Time is valuable. It's irreplaceable. Don't waste it. The Amplified says, Behave yourselves wisely, living prudently and with discretion in your relations with those of the outside world, the non-Christians, making the very most of the time and seizing, buying up the opportunity. One translation says this, Making the most of each opportunity, treating it as something precious. God-given Opportunities are precious. They need to be seen and valued as precious. Say it with me. Buying up the opportunities. Making the most of my time. Here's what I believe for Heart of the Bay. And this is what I'm believing for us. I believe... That as a church, corporately and individually, that we are coming up to a higher level of being led by the Spirit of God. And to do that, that means more praying and less TV. It means more waiting on God. It means more becoming aware and realizing, I don't need to do that. 
Have you discovered the times where you haven't been led by the Spirit? The loss of time? The loss of money? Somebody says, how do you know that, Pastor? The loss of relationships? You see, the enemy's a thief. And he doesn't just come to steal your health and to steal your money and to steal your kids. He comes to trick you and to steal your time so that you live walking after trivial pursuits. Oh, but the wise. Say it with me. I'm full of wisdom. The wise can redeem their time. He can multiply your days and he can add to you years. And that, my brothers and sisters, is being rich in God. Hallelujah. Psalms 91, verse 16. Psalms 91. You getting anything today? Glory to God. God's dealing with hearts this morning. Psalms 91 verse 16 says this. With long life. What will I do? With long life. Will I satisfy? You don't want to live long and be a grump. You don't want to live long and be unhappy. You want to live long. And while you're living, you want to be satisfied. With long life, I will satisfy him. And what will he show you? Come on, somebody. What is he going to show you? He is going to show you his what? He's going to show you his salvation. The mere fact... That you and I can live long and live strong means that we must have been sustained by someone. Psalms 91 is the psalm of the sustained. Oh, hallelujah. I could run on that one. I said Psalms 91 is the psalm of the sustained. The reason why you can live long and live strong is because the snare of the fowler didn't get you. The pestilence didn't get you. The lion and the cobra didn't take you out. The Lord sustained you. Put your hand over your heart and say, Lord, you are my sustainer. You are my keeper. And I will fight the good fight of faith to stand strong to live long in Jesus name well that's my introduction we didn't get very far but how many of you can handle one more scripture we're going to pray and then we're going to receive communion just one more scripture Psalms 39 verses 4 through 6 and then we're going to pray Psalm 39, and I'm looking at the NET, the New Internet, uh, the uh, New English Translation. It says, "O oh Lord, help me understand my mortality and the brevity of my life. 
Let me realize how quickly my life will pass. Lord, you make my days short-lived, and my lifespan is nothing from your perspective. If you lived 120 years old, you know what that's like with God? It's like this. One day with the Lord is as a thousand years. Lord, you make my day short-lived, and my lifespan is nothing from your perspective. Surely all people, even those who seem secure, are nothing but vapor. Surely people go through life as mere ghosts. And surely they accumulate worthless wealth without even knowing who eventually is going to haul it away. Put your hand over your heart and say, Lord... Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. I pray, Lord, and I desire to be filled with the knowledge of your will. Turn the lights on, Lord, and I'll see and I'll go through those doors. Give me wisdom. And spiritual understanding in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Did you get anything today?